hi everybody. How many of you know we didn't how many of you knew we had a church in, in Old Town, downtown? Good. That's a good sign. A lot of you did not, but we are so happy today to kind of bring you up to speed and uh, just kind of make you aware of some of the great things that are happening in Old Town. Pastor Darren Fred, who's been a pastor on our pastoral team here at Timberline for man over ten years now. I can't believe that. But you're not looking any older, a little gray hair, but you're looking pretty good. But uh, he is the senior pastor there doing a great job. Chris Hess is they're going to introduce each other in a minute and kind of talk about what's happening in Old Town. But uh, we just want you to know that we are excited about journeying with them. And uh, we are one. But uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on and how you're well, doing it. Well, that video was 24 hours in the life of 144 South Mason, which is building about 80 years old down in Old Town where we work and live and and try to just do what hopefully you are trying to do. Just love people, express Christ, and just be there. Be a presence. You, <clears throat> you're part of that. You know, eight years ago, I left here three years ago. But eight years ago, we, as a church, said, what if? And we took a chance and invested and planted a church in downtown Fort Collins to be a presence there. And, and then six years ago, that church started a coffee house and concert venue. And, and now... That's what it is. And people come and go, and you just never know from day to day who, what will happen and who God will bring through those doors. And we just try to love them a little bit at a time. So we thought we should come by and say hello. How's it going? I haven't been here for a while. In fact, a couple of years since I stood up here and talked to you. And I'm seeing a lot of people that uh, I know. And some of you are sitting in the exact same place as you were three years ago. I just want right. to say, hey, shake it up. A little once in a while. <laughs> um, but I hear things are going good here. Heard you had 67 million people here on Easter. That's awesome. 67 million. No, 11,000, which that's incredible. That's a big number, huh? But it's, it's not a number. It's, you just go around the other side of that. It's, it's one story at a time, isn't it? Yeah. That's how the kingdom moves. It doesn't move with big, huge numbers. It moves one story at a time, one cup of coffee at a time, one conversation at work at a time, one moment in the backyard at a time. Jesus said it's like yeast. A woman put yeast in a loaf, and just a little yeast worked its way through a big loaf. <clears throat> and that's, that's what the kingdom is. It's, just, it's not flashy or fancy, is it? It's not like, wow, it's just... A, it's just but it's steady and it's effective, and that's what we are, and that's what you are. Um, it's like a story of a guy who's been coming to our church for a while now, and he told me, I don't even know if I believe in God, but he keeps coming, and then he'll talk to me after church, and sometimes he's almost crying and moved, and he doesn't know what to say. He just says, thank you. I don't know what's going on. One day after church, we were talking outside, and I said, well, where do you think God came from anyway? And he says, well, I think we humans created him. And I said, well, I hope not. What would you say? I know what I'm supposed to say. You're wrong. Let me show you in the Bible why you're wrong. But I just, I just said what came to my head. I hope not. And a couple of days later, he sends me an email. He said, I was thinking about that, how you said, I hope not that we humans created God. He said, you know, humans are capable of a lot of stuff. Amazing, spectacular creativity. But whatever is happening in me is not created by me. That's the kingdom. That's the presence of Christ through us and in us, one 
one moment at a time. This is Chris Hess. Hi there. He's the director of the coffee house. Great guy. Made the video and looks good in Great a sweater guy. vest. You look good too. Thank you. Is this the new look? Like yeah. The old town look We're starting a coalition yeah. of only sweater vests. Hi, everyone. I'm Chris. Uh, hey. Hi. Uh, I am the director of Everyday Joe's, which is a nonprofit coffee house and concert venue and the outreach arm of Timberline Old Town. And it's outreach in a fairly non traditional sense um, in terms of there's no tracks in the bathrooms and we don't hand out Bibles with lattes. We just we desire relationship and community with the people that come through our doors at 144 South Mason in between Oak and Mountain Street. Um, but, and yeah, I'm one of the directors, and I said it's a nonprofit, and we, we give money away every month. We give money away at the end of the year when it's there, and we give in kind donations, and we're volunteer-powered, and uh, we have 40-plus volunteers. And actually, this service, the other director, Diana, is here. Diana, stand up. That's yeah. Diana. And then also, next to her, Kelly Pittman, stand up. Kelly, stand up. That's one of our volunteers. Um, Kelly's given up every Saturday night for the past two and a half years wow. to volunteer during our concerts that are on Friday and Saturdays. And Diana has volunteered for close to four or five years now, and she's been on as the assistant director since September. So they're both lovely young ladies, and we love them. Um, and the concert you saw up on the time lapse was it took place a couple weeks ago. The headliner was a man named David Bazan, and he used to be the lead singer of a band called Pedro the Lion. And he, he's the son of a Baptist minister, and going down the road of life, he's, he's ended up, he's an agnostic at this point, for the most part, it's the best way to describe it. But he still sings these songs that are full of truth and um, that are challenging and prophetic, and no matter what you believe, really. And... He's, they're beautiful songs and, and they're good art. And he was there playing on a stage, an agnostic playing on a stage that's inside of a coffee house that's part of a church and uh, playing music to people that some of them are on the same page as him. They don't know quite what they believe. Some know exactly what they believe and, and others in the room didn't believe anything at all. And then there's a homeless person sitting in the back of the room on a computer watching Moody Blues videos or something on YouTube, and I'm not making that up. And um, it's, it's a picture of what happens in there all week long as a, as a coffee house. You could come in on any day, and you'll see a government official sitting with another government official having a city planning meeting, and next to them might be a student doing homework, and next to them might be someone working on a study or something. And then over on one of the couches... There's a transgender person having a conversation with their best friend. And Darren's described it as, as wolves and lambs, lions and lambs. Isaiah described it. Darren ripped him off. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just this picture of God's children in a room together, whether they know or believe they're God's children or not, and, but they're created in the image of God. And it's there every day. And we just want to love them and express the presence of the living Christ to everyone that comes through the doors just by having a relationship with him. And we use coffee and live music to get them through. So thanks for being a part of it. We love you all yeah, very thank much. You. We mean it. Thank you. I want us to pray for you guys and just in the middle of all this. and then.
Yeah, it's just a great time. Thank you. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing. We we get that, and uh, we're vessels along the way, and we just ask you to spend us well and and keep helping us to know how to have conversations and to say those things that that we sometimes don't think are very profound, but you use your spirit to deposit them in a soul that is thirsty. So we just ask you to continue to bless our brothers and sisters and those in work environment down at Everyday Joe's and Timberline Old Town and just give them favor with the community there and in our community as well. We thank you for them. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's say thanks one more time to Darren thank you. And Chris. Thank you. you guys are great people. Really fun. We're going to take a couple times a year and just kind of update you with what's going on down there because we're all in this together as one, so go by and have a cup of coffee. I have just had a blast this weekend, and I'm really excited for these three weekends. I'm starting a series um, today and this weekend that is simply just uh, about brokenness, brokenness, the place of brokenness in our lives. And I don't know how you handle brokenness, but... Today I'm going to I'm going to have to break it down in three categories and please understand that brokenness is brokenness and it involves every part of us when we hit that broken state whatever it is. But I've decided to kind of talk 3 weeks in a row about it and today I want to talk a little bit about the the broken spirit. The brokenness of spirit in our lives. What what do I mean by that? What I mean is your emotional life. What happens when you face something so tough that you just want to give up. That you basically just say, you know what, my emotional strength just wilts. I have nothing left. If you've ever been there, you know what I'm talking about. Where you just look at the giant and say, kill me now, I don't care, I can't do anything about it. It's over for me. It's a terrible place. I want to talk next week about the brokenness of the mind. And what happens to us when our mind starts to justify lying and cheating the lack of integrity, the breakdown of character, and who people, how can people just tell a lie flippantly and not even bat an eye about it? Just, it just becomes part of their thinking process. It becomes part of the brokenness of the mind. We're in a culture that helps us easily shift to that arena. I want to talk about that because it leads to addictions. It leads to destructive behaviors. And God has a plan for us to renew our minds. And then the third week, I want to talk about broken relationships and what happens when we have broken hearts. The brokenness of heart when we feel devastated over relationships that are severed in our lives, including God, because He's the author of relationship. And He wants us to understand true intimacy, not just make-believe. So anyway, I hope you'll be here. I hope you'll bring a friend with you these next few weeks that might be going through something like this. Today, as we talk about the brokenness of spirit, I just want to throw a question out there for you. It's kind of a thinking message, so I hope you're ready to think with me a little bit. Have you ever experienced a brokenness in your life extreme enough to actually change you? I don't mean a bad day or even a bad week. I mean a brokenness that came over you to the degree that you can say, I am different Because of that in my life. That day changed me. That situation changed my life. 
How many of you can think of something that probably fits you? And okay, okay, for those of you that can't raise your hand, you're still living, so just wait. Your turn is coming, right? You live long enough, something's going to happen. What does it mean to become broken? Especially brokenness of spirit. When I have no strength left, I just want to quit. It can be, you know, we, we've seen in the news all the financial challenges and crises and people who take their life because they've equated their lives and their security with the money. And they say, I just don't want to live anymore. I just have no reason to live. You think of, uh, of other issues, loss and relationships. Um, you think of teenagers. I think of all of our teenagers at Timberline and our young adults who go through what is actually called a breakup. You know, relationships that go south. And it's easy for some people to say, well, you know, you'll get over it. You know, there's other fish in the sea. But to them, at this moment, maybe there isn't. It's a pretty big deal. It's a big moment. And brokenness of spirit can cause us to feel devastated. So what are we going to do? I want to just start with a chapter in the Bible that's one of my favorites. It says so much. I'm going to read most of the chapter a little bit at a time as we walk through this outline on the back of your bulletin. Follow along with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul writes the first letter to the Corinthian church. He corrects a lot of issues that are wrong there. And then he writes this letter and he deals with some specific things. But this is an inspiring chapter. So just keep your Bible open. Follow along as I read it. Therefore, since God in His mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the Word of God. We tell the truth before God. And all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. And notice this next line. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Now this next verse puts everything into perspective. We now have this light, this reflection of Christ, this God thing, this image of God, shining in our hearts. But we ourselves, the body, the flesh and blood, are like fragile clay jars. I love that idea. There's this image of something that's fragile and and breakable containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not of ourselves. Why is Paul saying this? He's saying it because he wants us to get a picture That there is something in us, in our spirit man. That's why I've called it brokenness of spirit. There's something in our spirit man that is put there by God that we might be a reflection of the light of God to the world. When we become broken in our spirit man, guess what happens? The mirror is shut down. 
No longer can we reflect this light. No longer can we have the ability to somehow let people see Christ through us because we're dealing with our own issues. We're dealing with stuff way bigger than we are. And we get overwhelmed and we say, well, forget it then. And when we get in that mode, we can't be a reflection that God wants us to be in this world. I love the whole idea of this jar being fragile, this body being broken. And you and I need to understand, how are we going to navigate when this happens in our lives? I've put five things in your outline. And sorry, this is not a five ways to fix it when you're broken. It's more observations about things that happen to us in brokenness. Okay? So let's be real about it. Let's talk openly about it. Some of you are there right now. I hope it will be helpful. Number one is that brokenness of spirit reveals our depth. When, when we have a brokenness that comes into our lives, there are things that we see in ourselves, even the things that we might not want to see, even the things we're not proud of, it is revealed when we go through things that, that uh, kind of attack us and capture us. So it reveals our depth. I want to, to read the next verse in the passage of 2 Corinthians 4. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. Get, get this, what's, what Paul's doing here. This next one is my favorite. We are hunted down but never abandoned by God. We feel like it sometimes, but we're not. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And then this verse 10, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. What is that? That means that when we identify through the sufferings of Christ, His light can shine brighter if we let Him through our suffering than in our successes. Now, we don't like hearing that. It's a challenge. Uh, I, I know we have phrases in our culture that kind of reveals the depth in us when, when I hear people say, they crossed a line with me. What does that mean? <laughs> or, or they say, that pushed me over the edge. It's like, okay, there was something there that I came up to fine, but then after that, something snapped in me, I've heard people say. Or, I just lost it. <laughs> what is that? That means that I had a moment when a rare behavior popped up. And that rare behavior came out of nowhere and sometimes even startles us to a degree that we see our human nature. We see its ugly head. We go, whoa! Brokenness of spirit can reveal to me a depth in me of things that are great or things that are not so great. I need to pay attention to that. Secondly, in your outline, once my depth is revealed, brokenness of spirit forces introspection. It, it forces me to say, why did that happen? What just took place in my life? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? <laughs> what? Let me ask you a question. What is exploratory surgery? <laughs> have you heard that phrase? How many of you have had exploratory surgery done on your body? Yeah, see, look at the hands around here. What is that? We're going to cut you open. And we're going to look around in there. 
And if we find some stuff we don't like, we're taking it out. And we might put some other stuff in. I'm exploring. What, what does that mean? See, sometimes when I go through true brokenness of spirit, it's like exploratory surgery. All of a sudden, it probes us. It explores us. It even exposes or exploits who we really are. And I can get introspective and I can look. Don't you hate it when you disappoint yourself? Have you ever had to say, what was I thinking? I can't believe I said that. Why did I do that? If I could just have that moment back, it's just not like me. You ever told someone, it's just not like me. Well, you did it. I know, but it's not like me. See, that means that suddenly I'm going to be serious about finding out, why did I do that? Why did I say that? What took place in me, that introspection? I, I remember, it's been, I don't know, a year and a half ago now, Bonnie and I went to India to check out this whole human trafficking, the sex trade of human beings. It's the sickest thing ever. But one thing I learned in India is that the food is really hot. Really hot. Now, I like Indian food if it's Americanized. And I was looking forward to the food when I got there and they took us out to eat and I took the, the one big bite of the stuff. It smelled so good and it looked so good. And it killed me. I mean, it was like... I was going for water. I couldn't even swallow. It was so hot. And you know, you could see kind of the waiter and they're kind of looking at it. And, and I'm like, smoke is coming out my head. And, and, and they're kind of snickering and they come over and, and they take this knife and they pull it over. And there's this tiny little red pepper things. Now, I don't know what they are. I don't know what they're called. I don't want to ever see them again in my life. But I promise you, every meal from that day forward... When I was in India, I was looking with my fork through every bite of everything for the little red pepper thing. And I'm scraping through, and Bonnie's like, Honey, they said there's no red peppers in this. I know, but I can't take the chance. <laughs> See, brokenness of spirit, what it does is it causes you to all of a sudden be more cautious about friendship. They let me down. I'll never trust someone like that again. And we become broken, and all of a sudden we become critical. And all of a sudden it's all politics. Well, it's the rest of the world. Well, it's those people I work with. It's the red pepper. And it gets us, and all of a sudden we're looking for it in everything. And there's an angst about our lives, and our spirit is broken. And we can't be a reflection of Christ another moment, because we are measuring everything through that template. Be careful. As you examine yourself, as you inspect your life, cynical people usually have a red pepper in their background. They have an experience that taints them. So every meal is a potential dangerous place. Every relationship, every whatever it is. And they lose their ability to trust. Brokenness of spirit does that. The third thing I want to say is that brokenness of spirit shapes our theology. Say, well, what does this have to do with theology? It's everything. Our study of God, our beliefs about Him, what we believe about God matters in everyday life. It's huge. It's huge. How does it shape our theology? Well, let me ask you this question. Have you ever gone through something that changed your opinion about God? Maybe you haven't, but I have. I have had some things that 
I've journeyed with people that they've gone through that I didn't understand God. Don't know why. I, 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 this is not a comfortable subject, but brokenness of spirit can lead to giving up many times. Giving up in most people's lives, please hear this, takes place when our thoughts about God are radically altered by an experience we have in which we feel let down by God. And it's devastating to us. It impacts our theology. It's quotes I hear almost weekly. But God could have. God should have. Why did God... Where is God? If God cared... If God was so loving, you know what that is? That's a disappointment in the expectation of how their theology was put together about God. It's tough, but we have to hear it. We sometimes have perceptions about God that we have created in our own mind because of our own self-centeredness rather than being God-centered. We don't like to hear that. But it's true. We cannot see the future. You see, faith is holding on to God when you experience brokenness of spirit. And trusting God when the actions of God do not fit into your box. That's faith. I brought him with me today. Should I let him out? Come on out. Seems sacrilegious, doesn't it? But that's kind of what we do with God. Come on. I need you now. You're going to need to go take care of that. Okay, God. Come on, get back in. I don't need you right now. We, we put God in this little box. This is like the... Oh, I've, I've seen it all. I've seen... This is the no car wreck God box. If I put God, if I trust God, then I'll never be in an accident. I'll never experience something horrible like that. That's my God. That's who I serve. That's the promises He has made to me. Really. This is the no suffering, no pain God box. I have this God. I'll never have to go through that. I'll never be sick. I'll never have cancer. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never. Oh, really? You've got God in a pretty confined box here. Oh, this is the money God box. Oh yeah, I'm going to prosper. Sometimes He gives me numbers for the lottery and I write them down. One of these days I'm going to win. <laughs> yeah, how many of you want this box? This is the find your mate box. Now I'll have some hands. It's the find your perfect mate God box. Lord, I love you. I thank you. Send me that right person. I'm so excited. I know you can do it. You've promised me to have relationships that are meaningful. And that's what you want for my life. Thank you, God. And then you meet them. And you're thinking, where was God? This is my perfect marriage God box. We're not going to have to struggle with that other stuff. I had a... A young mom come up to me after the first service this morning and she said, I have another one you can add to your box and it's the baby sleeps all night God box. <laughs> Let me tell you the problem when you put God in a box of your expectations. Suddenly when it happens and something goes south, 
and you go through a brokenness in your life, then all of a sudden, boom, you don't care. You're sick of God. You hate God. God let you down. It's His fault. I don't believe that stuff anymore. I trusted God. I don't even like Christians. I don't even believe in church. It's all just big mess. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. There was something about a brokenness of spirit that my theology wasn't in line with this God. And I had put expectations on God that are not real. And you can't put God in that box. When you do, you will be frustrated. And you will die there. Because God is God and He's bigger than that. God does have a future for you. God does love you. God will journey with you through anything in your life. Trust Him when you can't see the future. Trust Him when it's not happening the way you want it to happen. It's hard. Man, it's tough for us. Box theology just doesn't work. Number four, brokenness of spirit changes our future. Changes our future. I love this. I'm so thankful that I have these last two points because God can absolutely use your brokenness today and in your life, whatever's going on, to impact the rest of your life. Now, you have some choices to make. So I've heard it said, well, will it make you better or will it make you bitter? The difference is the eye. I hate phrases like that. You know, it's just like so corny, right? But there is some truth in that in the sense of what is hardship producing in your life? What is brokenness of spirit doing in you? How will you handle it? What are you going to do with this? Look at verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 4. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. I, I read lots of different translations of the Bible when I study. Probably 16 to 18. And I love, I love how people do word studies. and The Greek language is so unique. What did it mean to the hearer? And then what does it mean to us in our culture and getting that word? I read, I read from the message devotionally. And this is what that verse says from the message. You've got to hear this. Just listen. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without His unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes. That's what it says. (laughs) Sorry, I thought that was great. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. Now, if you want to tell someone when they just pour their heart out to you that that's just small potatoes, you might be ready to get hit. Because it doesn't feel like small potatoes when you're the one there. Amen? See, that's why we have to be careful, Christians, not to make light of someone's pain. That's why we can't just slap them on the back and say, oh, well, God is good. Have a great day. God bless you. Keep your chin up and keep smiling. No, sometimes you need to get in there and just cry with them. Brokenness of spirit changes our future if we process everything and we go through it and we grind it out with God and we learn to trust Him even when we can't see Him. We find Him in the dark places. Let's journey with God. Let's be the people of God. The last thing I want to say to you is brokenness of spirit reveals a new perspective. I really like this verse 18 because it says it all and it really puts it in a new way. Everything we've been looking at 
I want to be different. I want to be changed with a new perspective after going through brokenness in my spirit. Verse 18. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze. That means we lift our head above the horizon. We lift it up. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen in the human realm. Think about that. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see, those things will last forever. It's a mystery how we live our lives with this God-man inside of us, with Jesus, with the Spirit revealed in us. We have this flesh and blood. We have this capacity for sin. We have this awful flesh that jumps out and grabs us. And then we have these moments when divine revelation from God floods our hearts, our minds, our soul. And we are full when we are empty. We see when we're blind. Because the God factor in us. I'm going to share something personal as I close today. I'm in a new moment in my life. Well, hi. Wow, you are there. I like that. I've been hearing you. I just couldn't see you very well most of the morning. I've had this interesting thing that has happened to me. Um, Went to the eye doctor. Never been to an eye doctor. My eyes have always just been perfect and never had an issue and and started to see some fuzzy lights, especially at night when I'm driving. And I go in and a great doctor, great friend, he says, well, you're kind of fortunate. He said, you have one eye that can see real close really well. That's why you can read without any trouble and all that. He said, your other eye can see distances really well. So that's why you can look out and, and both of your eyes try to adjust and it gives you pretty good vision on both sides, except when it's close And when it's far, it's just a little bit fuzzy. And I thought, well, okay, that explains what I'm going through. Well, I go through the whole thing, the tests, and they get it fit just for my eyes. This one's different than this one. They get it fit. I walk outside. I put these glasses on. I'm like, whoa. I can see like the twigs on the trees. And like, I feel like I'm wearing binoculars. You know, it's just... It's crazy. I'm, I'm seeing the colors I've never seen. I'm just sort of walking around. But I try. How many of you do the bifocal thing? Yeah. Oh, bless you. How many of you have like two layers of something in your glasses? Like, like okay, I, man, I tried that and it's just like, whoa. I couldn't. I couldn't like. So I just have the the distance ones. But but I've learned something here. I've learned that I needed a new lens. My perspective completely changes when I put these on. I thought I could see okay. That's what God does. That's what we just read. When you do life on your own, when you're going to just bust it out, you're just going to make it happen. Guess what? It's going to be fuzzy the whole way. But God has a lens that if you will just lift your gaze, if you will just come up to the level of God's sight, all of a sudden clarity takes place in your life. Oh, I still don't have circumstances that have changed. It's just that there's something deeper in my reservoir than needing that to be perfect anymore. Because I have something of hope and something that is filling me up that's different than anything I could ever see down here. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm asking You today that these three words, I can see, change the perspective of people in this room forever. Do it, Lord. I'm going to ask you in both auditoriums just in a moment to stand if you're going through a brokenness time in your life. 
And I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. But I just want to pray over you before we leave today. Because this is real. Maybe you love God. Maybe you're mad at God. I don't know. But brokenness of spirit is a serious thing. And I care about where you are. We as a church want to pray over you for this. Because we know it's God who can bring healing to you. And you can't heal yourself. So if that's you, and you would let us pray over you, not embarrass you. And if you don't want to stand, I get it. Maybe you're with someone. They wouldn't understand. That's fine. But we're going to pray for you too. But if, for some of you, need to stand. Because I even want you to keep your eyes open when you stand. Because it's a new perspective. And standing is going to just be a moment when you see differently than you have been seeing. If you are going through a spirit of brokenness, the issues of brokenness in your life, whatever it is, would you please stand now? God bless you. We love you. Anyone else want to stand? In both these auditoriums, if you just want to stand, we're just going to pray over you. See, your perspective is different now standing. This room looks a lot different as you look around. Here's what I want. If I would like for those of you in this room who in the last six, eight, nine months, even 12 months, you, you understand brokenness of spirit. You've been there. But God has proven faithful. See, these people are standing. It's unclear yet. They're trying to trust God, but they don't know where He went. They're trying to... I understand that. You understand that. If you've been through it, and you will say, God has been faithful. I want you to stand now and help me pray for these. Just stand all over this room. If you can say, I've been through that. Man, you guys are not alone. You're not alone. God is faithful. Lord, we pray for these who stood first. And we are grateful for Your Spirit that heals us and touches us and moves us deeply. God, we ask You now to renew something in us that will change us forever. Help us to look through Your lens, not our own. You know our short-sightedness. You know our far-sightedness. And You heal us. And You give us a picture that's different than our own. And we are grateful today. God, touch these. I ask You to change them. I know that when they walk out of this room, their circumstances will not have changed one bit, most likely. But they are changed. They can be different. They can approach these things different than before because You have met them here today. We trust You. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. God bless you. I want us to pray for one other thing before we go, and it's this. I want us to pray that we can somehow discipline ourselves to fix our eyes on things greater than the box we've put God in. Lord, thank You that You don't climb into this box. And You don't rattle around in here and come out when we ask You to and go back in when we don't need You. Thanks for being bigger than the box. We just want to submit ourselves to You. God, show us how to do that. Show us how to submit our lives to You and to live this out with honesty and integrity and to put You first, not just when it's easy or feels good, but in the tough times as well. I thank You, Lord, for being with us, for partnering with us. Help people to take a journey they've never been on today to say yes to You and Your truth. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand with me if you're able, please? God bless you. we go out of here maybe our prayer team could come right now if you would and just be available to pray if you want to pray with someone come on up i just want to say if you're new to timberline bonnie and i would love to meet you at summit one tonight 
You don't have to sign up or anything. Just show up about 5 o'clock and we'll get you to the right place. Love to get to know you a little more personally and uh, it's a great journey. Lord, send us out of here now filled, full of you, with who you are. Thanks for being a God who cares about us and who heals our brokenness. We love you. Help us, God, to notice our neighbor. Help us to notice our coworker. Help us to be aware of the brokenness all around us, to be agents of healing. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for being at Timberline today. God bless you.